Is your reservation confirmed in heaven? Is it confirmed? Jesus is preparing a place for us, but, but don't imagine that this is a, a private room with walls and a door that you can lock, or like some would say, this, this great big mansion. Um, think about sharing a big house with uh, other heavenly family members and kind of more like a bed and breakfast. Uh, there's a, there's a ceremony, uh, cemetery in Indiana uh, that has an epitaph, and there, there are, uh, cemetery poets are really ingenious. Consider, my friend, as you pass by, as you are now, so once was I, as I now am, as I, as I am now, so you sh- soon shall be, so prepare, my friend, to follow me. And somebody scratched on the bottom of it, to follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. So we need to know where to go or where we will go. So consider, have you confirmed your reservation in heaven? There is an organization called reservespotinheaven.com. It, it, legit. Well, it, it's, it's, it's on the Internet. It's not legitimate. And there's nothing about God or the Bible in this thing. But what they do is for fourteen ninety five, this is this is a gimmick, and there's people that are buying into this thing. For fourteen ninety five, you get an official reserve a spot in heaven certificate. You can frame it and put it on your wall. You get an official reserve a spot in heaven identification card. You can put it in your wallet when you go to glory. You get an official informational guide to help you navigate. Once you're in heaven, and a 100% money-back guarantee if your reservation isn't accepted. <laughs> and these guys, and, and for $10 more, you can get a VIP all-access pass, pass to heaven. So, you know, I guess there's places that you can't get into, but for 10 bucks more, they'll get you any, anywhere. They also have an organization called Reserve a Spot in Hell if you're not wanting to go to heaven. And it's the same cost. You're not going to pay any more or any less. Um, well, this is a spoof. You can't do that. But there are people who are, like P.T. Barnum once said, there's a sucker born every minute, and people are buying this. Uh, uh, a guy wrote, he says, My wife didn't get me one, so I bought my own. I'm tired of the dog getting treated better than me. And another one said, If I'm going, my pet's coming too. My husband is on his own. <laughs> so... Heaven's real, friends. It's not a novelty item. It's a real place. Over 13, the, the uh, people are more interested in the Bible than ever before. And you say, well, you know, it doesn't feel like that. Now, I, I, I'm not reading that. But over 13 million people have tuned in to the History Channel that has aired a, a Bible uh, dramatization. And uh, when it goes international, they say over a billion people will watch this. People are hungry for what the Bible has to say. People are, are anxious. There's some anxiety about what happens after death. You go into any bookstore and you're going to find a section of books on heaven. Uh, there's best-selling books written by people who claim to have died and gone to heaven and returned. There's only one man, as the Bible tells me, who ever died and was resurrected, and that's Jesus Christ. 
He died, he rose from the dead, and he's alive for all eternity. It's fine to read books about heaven, but the best book is the Bible. And follow me in John 14, 1 through 6. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm sorry, but that is not a tagline of, that Sean Hannity uh, invented. He, he ripped that off from the Bible, which is fine. I'm glad that he did it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have, to- would I have, told-, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going? No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Before Jesus left earth, he needed to give the boys some information about heaven so they in turn could teach others. And here this morning I want to share with you four things that Jesus taught about heaven before he, in that, that, that uh, 40 days prior to his, uh, after, his resur- after his resurrection and before he left the earth. Uh, the first thing is Jesus is preparing a place for us. I, I get this from, from uh, this scripture in John. Second thing, you can be certain about spending eternity in heaven. You can be certain. It's a, you can understand, you can know for sure. The third thing, your name is written in a book that's up in heaven. And the last is your confirmation number. I'm going to give it to you. You want to write this down. You have a confirmation number for uh, your reservation. That's JN316. Um, Jesus ascended to heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit to live in us and give us life. And meanwhile, he's preparing a place for us. Notice Jesus said heaven is a place. It's not, it's not some otherworldly dreamlike place where we're going to be bouncing around on clouds. It's a, it's a very definite place. The King James Version says, In my Father's house are many mansions. The best translation calls that dwelling places. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. And it's pictured as a, it's not pictured as separate buildings, like heaven is this great big subdivision, but rather it's a picture of a father. And back in the in the in the early day, in the ancient days, dad would would ha- he'd have sons, their daughters, and and so dad would build onto the house. And as he built onto the house, when he was finished. His son would go get his wife, go get his bride and, and uh, bride to be and bring her, bring her home. And so that's the picture of the Father, God, having these rooms in this heavenly house. In modern terms, the dwelling places might be pictured as a, kind of a bed and breakfast. <laughs> the emphasis is on heaven's intimacy. Revelation 21.3 says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He'll live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And then Paul wrote about heaven. He used a, a metaphor of a building in, 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 5.1. He says, For we know that this, when this earthly tent 
we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we'll have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. You know, I, I came to grips with my uh, uh, humanity this week. And thanks for praying. Those of you who prayed, uh, thank you. If you didn't pray, you didn't know, but uh, thank you anyway. Uh, and there's nothing. I'm healthy. I'm fine. See? Squeeze me, poke me, touch me. I'm okay. Uh, you're not going to catch anything. They didn't find anything. And Sarita says, well, you know, the, the, the doctor says that was a false reading. And she says, you know, we have a pretty big God. And uh, I think God sucked out that plaque when you got on that table. Well, if that was the case, why didn't he give the word to the doc so I didn't have to go through the embarrassment and humiliation of the procedure. <laughs> Sometimes Christians are, 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 are criticized by skeptics. They say that all we care about is the, the uh, pie in the sky, you know, this, this ooey-gooey, fuzzy feeling that Christians have that all life is good and popsicles and rainbows and skittles. You know, it, it's, it's more than that. Following Christ means to treat others with kindness and compassion. That's not weakness. That's strength. Real men are compassionate, by the way, and kind. We forgive other people. And every person on the planet, if every person on the planet lived according to the Bible, this would is, this is certainly be a whole lot better place. So Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven do you have that reservation locked in? The second thing, you can be certain about spending eternity in heaven. I've heard people say, well, nobody can know for certain that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Wrong. Or you'll just have to wait until you die to see if you're good enough to get to heaven. Wrong. The Bible says we can know for certain. In his first epistle, John wrote in 1 John 5.13, I have written this to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. Critics will say that this is just a fairy tale. You know, Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. You know, the prince and the princess, somebody gets kissed, somebody wakes up, they ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after. Uh, Sometimes, ladies, you think you're kissing the prince and you wind up with the toad, so uh, that's okay, too, if the toad is the one that God's given you. We long for happy endings in movies and books and in life, and that's, I think, because God has placed eternity in our hearts. He's given us that desire for that happy ending. Uh, I want a better place than... And, and a better life than what I've got down here. And I've got a good life here. But God tells me I'm going to have a much better place. We have an innate longing to live happily ever after just because we have this instinctive desire doesn't mean that it's a fairy tale. In fact, this longing in our hearts is another proof that heaven exists. J.I. Packer wrote, As I get older... I find that I appreciate God and the people and good and lovely things more and more intensely. 
So it is pure delight to think of this, that this enjoyment will continue and increase in some form, literally forever. In fact, Christians inherit the destiny which fairy tales envision, in, in, uh, and we live and we live and live happily, and by God's endless mercy, we'll happily live happily ever after. It's one thing to be saved, and that's wonderful, but it's better to be saved and know that you're saved. Do you have full assurance of your salvation? Have you confirmed that reservation? Well, there's a book in heaven, the third thing, with our names written in it. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. You'll see that in Revelation 20-some in there. And if your name is written down in this book, that is your, your deed, your heavenly deed to that, to that room that God has reserved, reserved for you in heaven. That's your place. Moses was the first to mention God's book when he prayed for the sinful Israelites who worshipped a golden calf, if you remember that. He suggested that if, if it would save the people, then God could blot his name out of the book. <laughs> You know, if, if all, all it takes is for, for these guys to make a, a, an image out of gold, and if we worship him, this image, if that's all it takes to get saved, take me out of it, God. I don't want any part of it. David wrote about God's book in Psalm 139. He says, all the days you ordained for me written, are written in your book. Psalm 139. Think about that. All of your days. So I haven't, I haven't done the math, but uh, uh, on, on July 8th, thanks, Linda, for having a party for me out at your place. I think that is really wonderful. Appreciate that. Don't bring gifts. Don't bring money. Just bring yourselves and some food. Um, if I consider how many days are in 68 years. And let's say that if I play my cards right and live better than I've been living, live healthier than I've been living, that uh, maybe I live to be 80 years. Every single day that God has given me, how much is it? 24,820. You're supposed to be listening to the Bible, not that. But thank you. So, So that's how many days I've got. 24,820 days. And so that's a lot of days, isn't it? God ordained each one of those days. He said, John, I'm giving you this day. And I'm going to give you this day. And then I'm going to give you this day. And I'm going to give you some more days. And more days and more days until there's 24,000 of them. And he knows each one of my days. But he knows each one of yours as well. And they're written in his book. Daniel wrote that there'd be a future judgment day when the books of heaven are opened in Revelation 20. We, we read about the final judgment of those who rejected God's free gift of eternal life. Revelation 20.15 says, And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. There are people who say, uh, I, I can't believe a loving God would send anybody to hell, especially those who've never heard the gospel. 
Scripture tells us that there is not ever going to be anyone that goes to hell that doesn't deserve it, that didn't choose it. There's not going to be anybody that goes to hell that says, I never heard. I don't know how he's going to do it. But everybody who has ever taken a breath of air is going to be able to, say, will be able to receive Christ as their Savior. They're going to be able to make that decision. Again, I don't know how it's going to happen, but God's Word says that nobody is going to be without excuse. Michael Green was a Bible scholar, and he wrote, The love of God with arms extended on a cross bars the way to hell. But if that love is ignored, rejected, and finally refused, there comes a time when love can only weep while man pushes past into the self-chosen alienation which Christ went to the cross to avert. So there is a book in heaven with our names on it. And so we need to ask, is our name written on that Lamb's, in that Lamb's book of life? Do we have our reservation made, confirmed? So the last thing, your confirmation number in heaven is John 3.16. That's JN 316. And the King James, New King James says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but, kids, have what? Eternal life. Eternal life or everlasting life. The word believe means to trust. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everyone exercises faith, even atheists. You know that? An atheist has faith. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. But atheists have faith. It's just a question of the object of your faith. When you came into this room and decided to sit down, you probably didn't think twice, is, the, is this chair going to bear the weight of my body? When you drive across a bridge, I don't have a problem if it's a, if it's a, uh, a Craig Maddox bridge. I know that baby ain't going to fall. <laughs> With those other characters that build those bridges, I, you know, do you worry about them? Do you place, you know, you're placing your faith in the engineers that designed it and the workers who built it? When you take medicine, you're placing your faith in the doctor who prescribed it and company that manufactured it. When I laid on that, that bed in that, in that operating room, I had faith that uh, the doctor knew what he was doing and was going to take care of me, was going to fix me. Everybody exercises faith. John 10, 9 says, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. So by faith, you simply open the door and step in. A number of years ago, I was flying from Kansas City to California. And I sat next to a young man who worked in the oil fields of Texas. And he was a friendly guy, but he had an oil field worker's vocabulary. <laughs> it was colorful. Uh, he was F-bombing every other sentence. And the conversation paused and he asked, well, what do you do for a living? I said, well, um, I'm going to want a missionary and I'm a preacher. He didn't bat an eye. Well, blankety blank, 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 blank. I've never met a blankety blank preacher before. Blah, man. He says, uh, he, and, and he wasn't trying to be rude. He was being honest. This is just him. 
He was just one of those rough East Texas guys who had never set foot into church unless it was a wedding or a funeral. He was changing planes in Denver, so we had a chance to talk, and his language didn't change a bit. And I asked him, he said he didn't believe in God. He says, I don't believe the Bible. I think it was just a bunch of fairy tales written by a drunk guy. And as we talked, it was obvious he was a long way from even considering the possibility of believing in Jesus. But I was interested in what he was, had to say. And we landed, I looked out the window, and uh, I said, Phil, that plane over there looks pretty ratty. You get up in the air and the engines fall off, you're going to die. Where are you going to go? I call that Boeing evangelism. Try it, it works. And he thought about it for a minute. He said, I think death is the end. I think. I said, are you sure? No. I said, consider what I've told you today. He said, I'm not ready for that. But uh, nice getting to blankety-blank know you and have a great blankety-blank flight. Well, three days after Jesus died, he emerged from the grave. He ripped away the idea that there's no more beyond. Uh, Jesus is the Lamb of God. He took away your sins. He's the Lion of Judah. He, and like a lion, Jesus tears away the doubt and the fear. You don't have to worry about, I don't know. If you've named the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you definitely are going to go to heaven. You can know it. You, you know it for sure, for certain. And when he came out of that tomb to declare to the world that your reservation is confirmed in heaven. Teaching points this morning. Jesus is, the fa- is, is in his Father's house, and he's preparing a place for us. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't care. Probably, I'm not, probably not going to spend that much time in it. I'm going to be exploring heaven. I've got an eternity to see what this creation of his is all about. Second thing, you can be certain about spending eternity in heaven. You can be certain of spending eternity somewhere, and it's either going to be in heaven or pay your $14.95 and you'll get a certificate that says you'll spend eternity in hell. There's a book in heaven with your name written in it, and you do have a confirmation. And that's Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, and cross. Father, we thank you for your love and your goodness to us. Father, I thank you for those in this room that, that have, beyond a shadow of a doubt, know that they have a confirmed reservation in heaven. Lord, for those that don't, maybe this be the day that the Holy Spirit speaks to them in a very special way where they know that uh, by asking Jesus to, confessing their sins, confessing that they are sinners, and asking Jesus to come into their life and forgive them of their sin. Lord, I pray that they would make that decision so they may know that when you died on the cross, you died in their place, that they could have a confirmation of where they would spend eternity. And I thank you in your son's precious name. Amen.